Walter Life with Brent and Jeff. Good evening and welcome to the Alter Life with Brent and Jeff. We got lots of great music for you tonight. We're glad so, you tuned in. And um, we got a great topic for you. We're going to be talking about the woman at the well tonight from John chapter 4. It's a long chapter. We got lots to get to. If you want to grab your Bibles, we encourage you to follow along with us, whether in your car or at home. Um, you can also check us out online and listen. If you're not in your car, you can listen to us online. As well, we're going to be John chapter four. Jesus, just to summarize what what's going on here, it's it's really cool because it says he's got to he's got to get to Jerusalem, Judea, and it says, but he needed to go through Samaria. That's that's the one verse that I want to point out right from the get go. In verse four, it says, but he needed to go through Samaria. It's like, why did he need? We'll we'll learn as we go through the episode why Jesus needed to go through Samaria and it was to meet this woman. I think it was a divine appointment that he had scheduled on his holy schedule. Well, yeah. you know, midday going to be thirsty. <laughs> um, so Jesus, you know, comes on the scene. He, he's thirsty. He's tired. He's sitting at this well and this Samaritan woman comes up to draw water and Jesus asks her for a drink. And that begins a very profound discussion that you see and, and a very, applicable and relative discussion that all of us are going to have to have with Jesus is, you know, what do we think of him? Where does it, what does it come down to? What's the the end game? And, um, when we get to this scene, it's interesting because Jesus asks her a couple questions, starts to draw her out a little bit, you know, gets her talking some open-ended questions, as they say in in the business world, you don't want to ask closed-ended questions because it's like yes or no answers and the conversation ends. Jesus is really good at open-ended questions. Like, oh, um, so <laughs> go go call your husband. Oh, wait, what? Oh, go have one. Okay, <laughs> he's really good at that because he's all knowing, right? Okay. And uh, yeah, he's starting off this whole story with you know going through Samaria, like Jeff said, and you know you get you get to the point where he asks her for a drink, and she's like, "Wait, you're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. Why are you talking to me?" And uh, you know, we're going to find through this story that, you know, the banter that they're having, the conversation they're having back and forth, you know, is all about her thinking up excuses and thinking up questions and not getting the concept here. And I think her heart was so far from where Jesus wanted to bring her to that, you know, it was a process of, of Jesus and this conversation unfolding, which is awesome. We have all this detail about this conversation. I think there's a lot to learn from this conversation so you know Jesus says if you knew who was asking you give me a drink you would ask me for a drink and I would give you living water and she's like but you don't have anything to draw with she doesn't really get what he's talking about here and if you think about it it's like living water what are you talking about like the water is cold it's refreshing isn't it alive in, in some ways are you greater than Jacob he's the one who gave us this well and he says whoever drinks of this water will never thirst again and she's like, okay, that sounds pretty good. I don't have to lug this jug all over the place. And uh, you get you become to find out that she's been coming to this well for a while and been meeting many a man friend uh, <laughs> along the way, five husbands, and the one that she's with now isn't her husband, and she's been looking for love in all the wrong places. And uh, I love this woman's honesty, though. I mean, you know, when you're talking to an, un- un- an unsaved person and you're, like, you know, talking about the Holy Spirit or you're talking about something like a little bit spiritual they're kind of like huh 
what are you talking about? You know, like, I don't get it. What are you talking about being born again? You think about Nicodemus, you know, going, uh, be born again? Like, once I've already been born, how can I go back in my mother's womb? Like, I don't get it. Like, it's almost like the Holy Spirit hasn't shown the light on their hearts yet. They haven't been able to grasp the mysteries of Christ yet. And so here's Jesus with this woman who is as far away from where Jesus wants her heart to be. And he starts drawing her closer and closer and taking away and clarifying the confusion. And I love her honesty because she is. She's like, what are you talking about? You know, you want a drink from me? And uh, Jesus is like, if you knew who I was, you'd be asking for a drink. You'd be asking for a drink with something that will never, never, um, with, with something that will never let you be thirsty again. And um, water that springs into everlasting life. And he starts unfolding this um, this concept for her. And I think... You know, as we deal with, you know, as we talk to unbelievers, even with ourselves, you know, as we think about how we came to Christ, you know, Jesus had, it's a process, you know, it's not like, um, some people have those moments of mountaintop moments where they're like, oh, and they got saved and it was like one night and everything made sense. And, but more times than not, there's a, there's a process there. Even if that happens, you still have a process of, and Jesus, cause I know because Jesus is still in many times working through with me on my misconceptions of things that I've been taught or things that I've heard in the culture or things that I've been told. Um, and she starts with this whole Samaritan versus Jew division, you know, where the Samaritans were Jews that were, um, you know, separated. And uh, long before this moment, they had their own synagogue, they had their own mountain, they had their own, <laughs> they believed a specific thing, they didn't believe about any of the prophets except for the first five books of the Old Testament. They, they were, they had their own little thing going. And they had their own little belief system going. And, um, you know, so that's what... And then they bickered. Then they argued about it. Jews were like, they're, they're, they're not walking right, so don't mix with them. And that's where the whole division came over. And here's Jesus asking for a drink. That was All Who Are Thirsty by Cutlass. And I love Jesus. He's just flat out telling her the spiritual truth. And he says, whoever drinks of the water that I give will never thirst again. Whoever drinks of the water... Um, I give will become the water will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And she's like, "What well, everlasting life? This sounds awesome, sir. Please give me this water so I do not have to come to the the well and draw anymore, and I won't be thirsty anymore." So she's still kind of not getting that whole idea of what he's bringing forth, but he's 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 opening it up and he's bringing her to be honest with her current situation. And I think a lot of times we try to deal with Jesus on our terms instead of on his terms. And so, as Brent was saying, you know, she starts saying, like, okay, well, there's a cultural difference here. Like, I'm a woman, you're a man, I'm a Samaritan, you're a Jew. We don't talk. We shouldn't be doing this. And I think later it even says the disciples are like, why are you talking with her? Uh, right. Uh, do you need disciples. something? Can we help you out with this? Uh, they, they don't understand Jesus's overall purposes, you know, or as it says in verse four, why he needed to go to Samaria. Um but Jesus says, go call your husband. He's getting down to the truth now. Now he's getting a little personal. She's like, uh, I don't have a husband. He's like, uh, yeah, you're right. You don't have a husband. And so this is my attitude here, not Jesus's inflection. Yeah, you don't have a husband. And the guy you're with, uh-uh, not your husband. That's wrong. <laughs> and uh, she's like, wow, you're a prophet. <laughs> How do you know that? That's crazy. And, um, you know, Jesus confronts her on her many husbands her five (laughs) husbands that she has she's had and how she doesn't have a husband right now and uh she's like whoa you're a prophet so she's like all right change subject 
Um, how about our fathers worshipped on this mountain? <laughs> she points to the mountain right near there and says, "You Jews say that in Jer- you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship." She's stuck on, like I said, you know, Samaritans and Jews. They argued about that. They argued about which mountain was the place to have the their temple. You know, was it Mount Gerizim or was it in Jerusalem? And that was one of the main points of their argument. So she's going back to this cultural, religious thing that she's entrenched in as a Samaritan, talking with the Jew. She's going back to that. I mean, Jesus, Jesus brought up these husband things, <laughs> her husbands, and the real, you know, the thing showing her that she's been chasing something that doesn't satisfy. And she comes back to the, you know, the culture. And does that resonate tonight? You know, there's so many times where God's like, you know, what about this thing in your life? And you're like, but what about the fact that my pastor doesn't teach a good sermon? Like, you know, <laughs> you, you kind of start bringing up these excuses of, well, you know, my pastor does this, so why can't I do that? You know, like you start bringing up the cultural norm of the church you're in or the cultural norm of, you know, the, the culture itself. And you're like, well, this is okay. You know, everyone else does doing it. You start making excuses and you start bringing things up well, what about this? Well, what about that God? You know, what about this God? Instead of like, God, I hear what you're saying. Like, I am searching for something that's that's not satisfying. And um, you know, I was just getting challenged when I was reading this because I was like, you know, how often do we go through this process uh, where Jesus is trying to get us to a point where he just wants us to be broken over some sin. He just wants us to look to him, just simply come to him with something. And yet, we, we struggle with just doing that and we come to a place where we're like throwing excuses at him. Well, I don't have time to get in the Word, God. I don't... You start throwing these things out that's our search and circumstances and he... Like, he doesn't know that. Yeah. Right? Like, he's not all-powerful can just kind of blow his... You know, say the word and the waves stop. Like, he, he's that powerful. And um, really enjoying this chapter. We are in John chapter 4. If you're just tuning in, tonight's episode is about the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman who confronts or is confronted by Jesus um, and is converted by Jesus. And it's interesting because as Brent was talking, you know, we're talking about this is how we deal with Jesus a lot of times where he confronts us on something. He he lets us know, hey, like this is not cool. You got to fix this. And then or he uses somebody else to address it. You know, Mm -hmm. God does that. And then we get like all super spiritual, like. Hey, like I, I go to church. Like I read the Bible. Like, you know, I know. Yeah, it might not be the exact same way you do, but you know, I'm a Christian. You never hear that. Like when someone's just blatantly not a Christian and it's obvious. I'm like, oh no, yeah, yeah I'm a Christian too. And you're yeah. like, oh really? Oh wow, <laughs> I had no idea. And you know, you kind of get that because you want, you ultimately you want the person you're talking to be impressed with you. So she starts rattling off her information that she knows stuff. She wants to get his insight. She knows there's something there that he has to offer. You're unbelievable. The altar. This is unbelievable. I cannot believe this. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. That was rebirthing by Skillet, the second half of a Skillet double play that actually straddled the hour break. Ooh, tricky. Yeah. So you had to stay tuned to see what the other double play was. And Ooh. it's time for our unbelievable segment now. And. In honor of the woman at the well who had five husbands and is now with someone who is not, this whole idea of like missionary dating where we're going to go from person to person to person and shine God's light while we make out with them. <laughs> you know. Or, oh, it's not know, funny. It's not funny. It's sad. No, it's unbelievable. It is it's unbelievable. It's one of those unbelievables that are just like, um, you shake your head at it. It's like, unbelievable. Now, Brent and I are realists. We understand that it's not like you meet someone when you're five. And 
that's the woman that God has chosen for you and you get married when you're 25 or 20 or whatever it is. There is dating involved in the church. It's not like the... Uh, <laughs> everybody's like, it's like this little unknown, like, oh, you, wait, you mean you're courting. It's not dating, it's courting. And you get into like that fine line to You feel more spiritual when you change the word. And then there's those people that don't even care how it's defined because the one person's not even a Christian. And they're like, oh, it's fine. It's totally cool. Whatever you want to call They'll it. They'll be babe. a great Christian when I get my meat hooks on them. Yeah. Like, well, I've seen you guys together and your meat hooks are all over each other. So yeah. they're like, no, but that's, it's cool though, man, because I'm shining a light. Okay. It's never worked. We'll see. I've never seen She'll it work. See. <laughs> and if it has, it's because God's grace. Uh-huh. And uh, I love it. They're like, doesn't it say unequally yoked? Yeah, but that's just about like business partners. That's not about, I'm like, oh, okay. So you shouldn't go into business with an unbeliever, but you can get married to them. <laughs> And you can date. No, that's, that's God didn't mean that. I think it's really funny. I people... call it DTS. I'm DTS and man, I'm dating to save. Dating to save. <laughs> I think she had. My t-shirt. plan is dating to save. <laughs> That'd no, be awesome. It's so unbelievable that you know we get so confused. Yeah, that's when we stop thinking with our head and start thinking with our uh, our heart. Uh, I'll just put it in quotes. Our heart. No, it's with our. Our lust. Should be the way around. If, you're, if you're interested in that person, it should be the other way around. You should be saving to date, yeah. not saving to save. You're listening to The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. Brilliant! And if you're just rediscovering The Altar Life, what took you so long? We're here every weekend with new material. We weren't hiding. No, we weren't. No. I don't know what, what took you so long. <laughs> you can check us out on our website, www.thealterlife.com. Were you off dating to save again? I know, seriously. I really like that. It's not dating to save. It's saving the date. So you can eventually save the date. Uh, Get it? Uh, oh. A little uh, wordplay from the altar life to your eardrums. Dun, dun, and uh, if you like that, if you like that clever kind of jargon that we we spit on our mics uh, week in, week out, then you can check out our website and listen to our most recent episodes. I think you'll like it. If you, if you don't like this right now, give us a try for a little bit longer. I think you'll... It gets better, honest. It does. Yeah. <laughs> Missionary listening. <laughs> and we don't take ourselves seriously, in case you've noticed. Yeah, next except up. for when we talk of the word. Yeah. So. Well, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. The Altar Life. Brent and Jeff. Right, that was December Radio, second half of the December Radio double play. Love found me, love's got a hold. So we're in John. Chapter 4, talking about the woman at the well tonight. And we're up to the point where, you know, she threw out the religious, well, what about which which uh, mountain you're supposed to worship on mm-hmm. comment? And it's great because Jesus says, woman, <laughs> I love what Jesus calls woman, woman, <laughs> woman. Don't try that with your wife, husbands. It doesn't work. Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. Jesus is like, you guys, Samaritan peeps, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you worship. You're following a bunch of rules that somebody thought at one time. And uh, salvation isn't in what you're doing. <laughs> it's in the religion of the Jews. It's, and he's ultimately going to say that it's him. You know, he's the Messiah. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And those are the two components of worship um, 
that he brings it back to. And um, because she's, you know, in Samaria, they were worshiping, uh, they were worshiping in their own way. So there really wasn't much truth involved in that process. And um, it was obvious there wasn't much spirit because she's off with five husbands and living with one that's not her own husband. So, you know, he's getting right to the heart of her worship. So she made worship an excuse. Hey, which mountain should we worship on? He says, worship has nothing to do with what mountain you're on or what their worship service looks like, you know, or what you think, what you've been told by the Christian experience is what it's supposed to be. Worship is about worshiping me, worshiping the Father, God, (laughs) in worship, in spirit, and in truth. And um, God is spirit, and that's how I should be worshiped. And she goes, back, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us these things. She still hasn't gotten it. And he's like, look, I am. I love that. He just says, like, the burning bush of Moses. What should I say? That Who should I say that you are? I am, he says. The person who's standing here talking to you is him. And she's like, whoa. And she runs away and tells her friends. The Altar Life. Seeing isn't believing. With Brent and Jeff. Believing is seeing. That was Change in the Making by Addison Road. And that's what we're hitting at right at this point in the story where we are. It's kind of, it's coming. Jesus is getting her. He's bringing her, he's reeling her in, and she, she just keeps fighting back <laughs> in her own little subtle way. I think it's funny. It's like, you know, you, he, he brings up the sin issue, and then she goes, it's almost like she's like, well, it's because, you know, this whole religion thing, nobody, nobody gets, nobody gets it. There's, there's different religions. I don't know what to believe. But I do know that when the Messiah comes, he's going to tell, he's going to clue us in. We'll know what to do at that point. It's all a mess right now. Jesus is like, I'm the one. That's me. I'm telling you what you should do. So that's not an excuse. You know, I was like, well, I'm waiting for the Lord's leading. It's like, well, considering you're in sin, I'm pretty sure he wants you to get out of it. You know, I think that's pretty clear. You know, <laughs> people do that. They make their excuses like, oh, I'm just praying about it. It's like, what's to pray about? It says clearly in the Bible, it's about the word of God. You know, like we neglect this because we want that emotional you know worship experience like brent was saying you know it's not about like where or when or how it's about who who are you worshiping and you can do that anywhere it has nothing to do with what type of guitars are being played or anything like that and you know after jesus says i am he says she drops the water pot and she goes and tells the men Come see a man who told me all the things I ever did. You know, she had this whole conversation about worship and all these things. What it? She goes and says, "It could be the. This could be the Christ. How do I know? Because he told me all the things that I had ever done. It's like that's what stuck to her the most. You know, when he stu- when he got into the heart issue, she's like, "Whoa! You know, you went right there, right away, without me telling you who I was. You read my mind." Um, and of course, this whole thing about worship, and I think it's all given to us so that we can be, um, you know, from our worship perspective. But, you know, in this process of talking to this woman and reaching out to her heart, Jesus is taking her and answering all these distractions and these things that she's throwing out to get her to the place where she he can say to her, look, I am the Messiah. I am he. And um, she still went away asking a question, though. You know, it's interesting. Could this be the Christ? He told me all that I was. And... Um, you know, actually people did start believing. So she must have been very convincing too because people were believing her, believing in Jesus just because of what she said, like her testimony. 
Um, isn't that the way it is with us? You know, we, we get to the point where Jesus sifts through all the junk of our hearts and all the preconceived notions, all the religion, all the sin, get to that point where he shows himself to us. You know, I am he. It, it, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we, it, it's interesting in our prayer life when we pray and we have all these things we want to throw at God and you get to the point where you get all your stuff out and you get to the point where you're just you and God and God's like, okay, now that we're through all that, let me talk to you and show you who I am. Let me show you some more about me. And man, that's where we, I just pray that we can get there faster because it seems like we just take so long to get to the point where it's just simple. I am hey. And our show is almost over. We got two more songs for you. So stick around. Because you've made it this far. I think you can make it a couple more minutes. We'd love for you to. Check out our website, www. That's too many, I think. .thealterlife.com. If you haven't quite gotten your Alter Life fix, you can continue just as this episode ends. You can go online and listen to more. I think you'll enjoy what you hear. And um, we're wrapping things up tonight. The Woman at the Well, a great story. If you want to take the time, I suggest you read this chapter yourself. It's long. And it's a really good story. Like, it's got twists and turns and arguments and, you know, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of characters. There's some humor in it. Uh, when you see the disciples come back and they said, and they marveled that he talked with a woman. Yet no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? They're like, uh, why is he talking with this woman? Well, don't ask him. Don't ask him. <laughs> you know, some humor. I always love that. And uh, Brent had been talking about how she finally... She starts to realize this is the guy I've been looking for. Not in a romantic way. Not in a, this guy's going to provide all the answers for me so that I can get what I want. It's, this guy is the answer. And um, she goes and tells everybody. And it says, many of the Samaritans believed in him because of what she said. And that's what Brent was talking about. He told me, you know, if someone says, man, this guy, he told me stuff that no one knew. And they're like, well, that's kind of interesting. Let's go check him out. And they urged him, like, hey, why don't you stay with us? And it says, and many more believe because of his own word, because of what Jesus said. You know, I don't know if he started telling people about themselves, like, hey, you, you're husband number three, right? <laughs> your husband number four. You guys, um, you're best friends. That's pretty interesting. You know, it wasn't like he was like, uh, you know, parlor tricks and just kind of like a, a psychic or anything like that. He was telling them what they needed to hear. And um, it says, they said to the woman, now we believe, not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. When she went to them, she said, could this be the Christ? Like, maybe. And then when they heard him, they knew for a fact this is exactly what it was. And it was based on his own word. And, you know, we're going to get into that in the next couple of weeks, talking about the importance of God's word. And we talked about it last week, about building on it. So it's cool how this all ties together. But all of you all of us are going to come down there's going to be a conversation that we need to have with God and we can bring our excuses of I don't quite get it you know I wasn't raised like you I wasn't raised in the church you know God's going to deal with sin that's going to be uncomfortable or we're going to just try to excuse it away but we need to come to the decision of who Jesus is we're going to take him at his word he's the son of God he's the Messiah and we need to believe that tonight good (laughs) <laughs> no, it's really, it's right on. And I, you know, I just get challenged thinking about the woman at the well, going, Lord, I don't want to be that thick. I want you to be able to say, look, it's me. And I want to be able to hear, I see you and come running. So it's great stuff to think about. And until next week, be cool, cats. live for Christ.